Speaking for Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to What's New. My name is Ed Peters. We continue today in Matthew chapter 9, moving on to verses 27 through 34. These verses deal with the 10th and 11th miracles recorded by Matthew here in chapters 8 and 9. The 10th miracle concerns the healing of two blind men. Matthew tells us that after Jesus brought the rabbi's daughter back to life and was leaving her home, two blind men followed behind, calling out to him and addressing him as the son of David. This is significant in this gospel, which presents Jesus as king. Well, Jesus showed mercy to these men and touched their eyes and said to them, According to your faith will it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Now the eleventh miracle deals with the healing of a demon-possessed man. This is the third incident of demon possession recorded in these two chapters of Matthew. This man was not only demon-possessed, but neither could he speak. So Jesus drove out the demon, and the man was able to talk. Matthew tells us that the crowd was amazed, but the Pharisees accused Jesus of doing these things by the power of Satan. Now, here are verses 27 to 34, and they read, Jesus was leaving her home. Two blind men followed along behind, shouting, O son of King David, have mercy on us. They went right into the house where he was staying, and Jesus asked them, Do you believe that I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him, we do. Then he touched their eyes and said, Because of your faith it will happen. And suddenly they could see. Jesus sternly warned them not to tell anyone about it, but instead they spread his fame all over town. Leaving that place, Jesus met a man who couldn't speak because a demon was inside him. So Jesus cast out the demon, and instantly the man could talk. How the crowds marveled. Never in all our lives have we seen anything like this, they exclaimed. But the Pharisees said, The reason he can cast out demons is that he is demon-possessed himself, possessed by Satan, the king of demons. God be
Jesus charged the two blind men not to tell anyone what had happened to them. One reason for this request is made clear in this passage. The publication of his miracles caused crowds to grow and press in upon him and actually hinder him in his work. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Jesus had just brought back to life a 12-year-old daughter of a ruler of the synagogue. As he left the house, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him, and he asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, will it be done to you? And their sight was restored. Jesus warned them sternly, See that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread the news about him all over that region. Matthew 9, 27-31 These blind men, who had evidently been in the crowd, called Jesus the Son of David. Messianic expectations were high during the time of Jesus. Son of David is a messianic title. Clearly, these men knew and believed that this Jesus was no imposter, as many others had been. This Jesus was indeed the promised Messiah. No doubt they knew Isaiah 35, 5 and 6, where God characterized the messianic age as one in which the eyes of the blind would be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. They will then leap like the deer and the tongue of the dumb should shout for joy. These blind men must have reasoned this way. If Jesus really was the promised Messiah, then he would have mercy on them and open their blind eyes as Isaiah had written 800 years before. To confess Jesus as the son of David meant that these blind men recognized him as the Messiah. Although blind, they had better sight and keener insight than most of the others of their day. They saw what most others failed to see, especially many of the Pharisees and teachers of the law. Inside the house, Jesus touched their eyes and said, According to your faith will it be done to you. Now I must comment on these words. They are sometimes misunderstood. Some suggest that the degree of restored sight was in proportion to their faith. That is, the percentage of sight restored equaled the percentage of their faith. Much faith, much sight. Little faith, little sight. Their degree of healing depended on the degree of their faith. Is that how it is? Hardly. Sometimes healing didn't depend on the faith of the sick person at all. Sometimes healing depended on the faith of friends or on the faith of the one praying for the healing to occur. Sometimes healing didn't depend on any faith, the faith of anyone. God sovereignly healed because it was his will and in his plan. Let's never limit God to the size of our faith. He sovereignly does far more than we can ever ask or even think. Our faith could never equal God's acts. In terms of what it could be, 
if we had 100% of all our faculties, man's faith under sin is no bigger than a mustard seed. It would be a pity if God limited his acts to our little faith. So according to your faith means rather since you believe, your request for healing is granted. That these men had faith is clear, and their confession attests to it. But it was far from perfect. Yet I believe they had 20-20 vision when Jesus healed their eyes. That was not determined by the size of their faith. I believe that the faith of many a sick person has been wrecked when they were told that God hadn't healed them because their faith wasn't strong enough. I believe that's a tragedy. Sometimes God sovereignly chooses not to heal at all for his own reasons, which he does not reveal to the sick person. It becomes crucially important that we trust him. Otherwise, the frustration can be overwhelming. Everything God does, he does out of love and mercy. These blind men were absolutely right when they called upon Jesus to act out of his mercy. Right after this miracle, a man who was demon-possessed and could not talk was brought to Jesus. And when the demon was driven out, the man who had been dumb spoke. The crowd was amazed and said, Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. Deaf and dumb were commonly linked in the Bible, especially when deafness was congenital, that is, from birth. The person who could hear often also could not speak. In this case, evidently the condition was caused by demon possession. That was Jesus' own diagnosis. In no way should it be assumed that the Bible writers believed that every deaf person was demon-possessed. Many times these illnesses are mentioned in the Bible without any reference to demonic activity. While some sickness may be the result of demon activity, only Jesus knows which ones. We don't have the ability to make such a determination. I believe some persons are far too careless in this regard. Sometimes demons get blamed when it isn't their activity at all. It is a superstitious fallacy to blame all sickness on demon activity and to attempt to cure every sickness by demon exorcism. Both Jesus' word and his touch were authoritative. The Renewal Singers focus on the song, There is No God Like You.
What's New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.